As a Christ-centered coach or athlete, you have principles. You have convictions about representing Jesus everywhere you go in everything that you do. But a listener has asked me a quick question through an email. He says, what happens when I'm the only Christian on my team? How in the world can I stand firm and get the encouragement that I need to represent Jesus? Even with coaches and athletes who don't believe, how can I represent them best? Well, in today's episode, I want to give this listener and all of us the encouragement we need from two wonderful stories in the Old Testament from the book of Daniel. Enjoy. Hi there. Thanks for listening today. Welcome to the episode. You know, I got a great question this week uh, from a listener who says, how can I handle a situation where my coaches aren't Christian, my teammates aren't Christian, I'm competing against people who aren't Christian, I just feel really lonely. And I'm having a hard time standing and, and representing Jesus. And you know what? What a great question. I so appreciate this person and emailing it to us. Uh, because I was indeed a, a Division One athlete who competed at a secular university where, uh, although my faith was strong, I was you know, at times I felt like I was the only Christian, uh, you know, on the team. And, and unfortunately, my coaches were definitely not believers. Uh, or if they were, they had compartmentalized how they led uh, us on the team. And so I can relate with the person that asked that question. And so for today's episode, I want to summarize two quick stories that hopefully will give you some encouragement when you feel like you're alone, when you feel like to do the right thing, you're going to be so different from everybody else. Um, back in my day when I was on uh, my team as a college athlete, you know, the, the students would go out and do things on the weekend that I didn't want to do. Uh, and they would talk in language and use words that I didn't want to use. Uh, and they thought things uh, and, and had a mindset and an attitude that I didn't want to have. I, I was really a foreigner if I was to truly be faithful, uh, I'm gonna, I was going to be really, really different. And so I had to kind of come to terms with that. I had earned the spot on the team because of my hard work and my talent. And, uh, and I had a big challenge in the decathlon, of course, as a, as a person that competed in a lot of different events. Um, but as a young person on the team, I was very uh, scared to talk about my faith or to really stand up and say no to anybody on the team, as you can imagine. But as I grew in that, uh, I, I actually uh, did embrace that um, uniqueness. I became quite radical in the way that I would talk uh, about my faith, and I proved it every day by going and uh, working hard and trying to be a leader. Uh, I was never judgmental of my teammates. Uh, I, I, I prayed for that ability to um, be a part of the team and to never certainly condone what they were doing. Sometimes I even helped them as a designated driver and, uh, you know, I, I stayed with them to get them home safely. And, you know, that was my role to be a part of the group, but to not, you know, partake in what they were doing. But I want to encourage you, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, and there's two stories in the book of Daniel. If you, if you don't know the history here, Daniel really, um, was part of uh, the Hebrews, uh, the nation of Israel, the Israelites that were taken captive, and they lived and served under King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and in Daniel chapter three, 
King Nebuchadnezzar. It's the story of the graven image, this, uh, this 90 feet high, uh, nine feet wide statue, uh, which we believe to be probably King Nebuchadnezzar himself. And he calls all the peoples of the, of the kingdom together. And he says um, here in Daniel 3, I'll just read it for you. He summoned the satraps and prefects and governors and advisors and treasurers and judges and magistrates and all the other officials to come to the dedication of the image that he has set up. And basically he uh, had a herald proclaim loudly, this is what you're commanded to do. O peoples, nations, and men of every language, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you will fall down and worship the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So some of you may remember this story, right? Daniel 3, Nebuchadnezzar sets up this uh, great, this uh, big, you know, image, uh, statue, if you will. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three uh, Hebrews, basically deny that uh, recommendation. And when the music sounds, they don't bow and worship this idol. And that was their way of staying faithful to God in that moment. Well, Nebuchadnezzar uh, is angry. And so he pulls them aside and says, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. And so when you hear the music, you need to bow and worship, you know, my God. And, uh, and if you don't, then I'm going to throw you into a fire. And uh, in, in verse uh, 15 of chapter 3, he says, now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, then very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? I love that question on the end because he kind of says, listen, I'm in charge here. And what God is ever going to rescue you after I throw you into that fire. And I want you to really go with me there if you have your Bibles. If not, I'll just read it for you. But verse 16 is really, really important. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. That's their proclamation to stand in the face of this authority and to not bow. They are not going to bend. And as the story uh, unfolds here, you'll remember Nebuchadnezzar was furious at these guys. And in verses 19, 20, and 21, he kind of goes off on them. And in verse 22, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was stoked up so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took the men up to that uh, blazing furnace. And the, the three were thrown into the furnace. 
they were thrown into the fire. And in verse 24, Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked all those advisors with him, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in that fire? And the, ad, the advisors say, certainly, O king. And verse 25, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, unharmed. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. Or some translations say the son of the gods. You see, what I want you to know, friend, when you're alone and when you're facing a team or a coach or, or a boss or a situation where you're the only Christian, I want you to know first that God may not save you from the fire, but absolutely God will be with you in that fire. That's the exciting part of this story. They stood their ground. They said, no, we're going to worship our God and we will not bow and we will not bend. And then the Lord, and I believe, and uh, this is only my commentary, but I believe that it was Jesus himself to be in the fire with these three men as they were faithful. And so you need to be faithful as well. And so I will pray for you that you are faithful even when it may fa- you may face criticism or ridicule. Lord knows, and I know, um, I was uh, made fun of sometimes because I was a Christian. But God will be with you in that fire. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The king demands and uh, commands that they be brought out. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. You see, these three guys were a great witness. They were such a great witness that God used them to hopefully bring about change in the kingdom. You know, there's one other story I want to share with you real quick while I've got time. It's actually the same book and Daniel. Daniel himself is in chapter 6. It's this old Sunday school story that we've probably heard, but I want to go over it with you again. Nebuchadnezzar has passed on and there's a new king and his name is Darius. And Darius actually is a king that really loves Daniel. And he, he understands Daniel's, uh, you know, commitment to, to the one true God. But Daniel had some teammates, so to speak, who didn't like him. And they didn't believe in his God. And so they convince King Darius. You remember this story? They convince King Darius to write a decree that everyone should worship the king for one day. And in so in chapter 6 of Daniel, in verse 6, it reads like this. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, Oh, King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, the prefects, the satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any other god during the next 30 days except you will be thrown into the lion's den. 
Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. And in verse 9, King Darius puts into decree that law. And so these teammates, so to speak, these advisors to the king, they set Daniel up. And now Daniel learned of the decree, and he had a, he had a really hard decision. But just as he had always done, he prayed to his God. And of course his teammates turned him in, and they accused him of breaking the law. You see, Darius made a mistake as a leader, and he wrote that decree so that when Daniel prayed to his God, those advisors turned him in, and he had to be thrown into the lion's den. So if you could imagine, the lions were all kept in this pit. It really wasn't a den or a cave. It was more like a hole. And so because the law was set, Daniel had to be thrown in where he was supposedly, or it was assumed that he would be eaten by the lions. And King Darius felt very, very bad about that. But as you know the end of the story, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, but he was protected all night long. And when Darius came back the next morning, he was so overjoyed. The king was overjoyed in verse 23 of verse uh, verse 23 of chapter 6. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him at all because he had trusted in his God. Now the story goes on to, to, to be a bad story for those guys that accused Daniel because what happened is that the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and they were thrown into that lion's den and they were crushed and they were eaten by those lions immediately. You see, this is two different stories where because Daniel trusted and he did the right thing and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trusted God and did the right thing, God was with them and they were protected from the fire or from the lion's den. And so friend, if you feel alone in your faith, if you feel like there's just nobody uh, like you, on your team or in your job, wherever, wherever you're at, wherever you face, uh, you know, being the radical or being the, being the, the one that's different, especially when you're maybe forced to do something that you don't want to do, don't do it. Always stay faithful to God and to your walk with Christ. And, you know, that's a tough, tough thing to learn. But as an athlete, uh, I remember those days of being different. And I want you to know that God strengthens us when we face those uh, hard times and we are faithful because he's there with us. He understands and he has a wonderful plan for you to represent him in that situation, wherever you are. So I hope you can take this, this, these two great stories and, and you'll be encouraged to stand firm that if you don't bend and you don't bow, then you won't burn. 
And no matter who accuses you, even if you're thrown into a lion's den, God will be with you and protect you. So as always, stay close to Jesus. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Christ-Centered Athlete Podcast. I'm Charlie Grimes. I host this uh, podcast every week, and I'm so thankful for today's uh, question from a listener. Uh, And so I'd love to get your feedback and uh, maybe recommend this to someone that you feel might enjoy it. Uh, Or drop me a question or a topic that you'd love to hear my thoughts on. I'd love to interact with you that way. You know, I have a few more episodes kind of rumbling around in my mind. And so I just want to encourage you that I'm working this week on a wonderful podcast for next week on the simple topic of losing. What happens in sport when we lose? And actually, I'm going to title it next week, The Autopsy of a Loss. Because we feel terrible when we lose. But what do we have to learn? And what can we learn when we go through the experience of losing. I hope that encourages you and that you'll continue to listen each week. Have a wonderful day and stay close to Jesus.